You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the folks of Cryptops. You listen to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had an excellent weekend. I'm very proud to announce for the month of June, I'm going to be shining a little light on Unique Leader Records. I am super stoked about this. Huge fan of the label. For this month's spotlight on Unique Leader Records, all month long, you can get 10% off of your orders on the Unique Leader Indie Merch label store. You should go do that. They have a whole bunch of amazing bands, excellent stuff up there, and the great people of Indie Merch make the best merch out there. When Cryptopsy's on tour, that's exactly who we work with, and I am never disappointed, honestly. So you can get 10% off of your orders on the Unique Leader Indie Merch store. When you are checking out, just make sure you use the promo code VOXANHOPS, that is V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S. This is valid now until July 1st, so you have all month long. You can save 10%. You should do it. There's a whole bunch of crazy stuff up there. I am very proud to play a track for you today from Unique Leader. These are my boys, my brothers, Ingested. This track is taken from Where Only Gods May Tread, their brand new album, which drops on August 14th. In case you missed it, they did a lockdown video for it, and uh, I am actually in it. They're my brothers. I love them to death, and uh, when they asked me to do that, I was all about it. So here it is. Enjoy. As always, turn it up to 11. Here is Dead Seraphic Forms.
love the Slam Kings. They're so damn good. The best people, such such fun people to tour with. Get ready, because uh, this new album is amazing, and uh, I've had the pleasure of hearing a lot of it because my guitarist, Christian Donaldson, produced it, and uh, I tend to get sneak peeks at stuff like that. So uh, cheers to Ingested. Cheers to Unique Leader Records. Super stoked to be doing the spotlight on Unique Leader Records this month. On today's episode, I'm with Luc Beaulieu of Yakima Chief Hops. Very excited I had a chance to sit down with Luke and talk to him. Here it is, Fox and Hops, episode number 153. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Luke Beaulieu, the Eastern Canada sales manager from Yakima Chief Hops. Uh, how are you? I met you last August, w- right after I finished an interview with uh, Zach Coleman, the head brewer of True Brewing. And funnily enough, you are wearing a True shirt right now. <laughs> and he's also the drummer of Chemist. Yeah. We were at uh, Harry Canna, which is to this day still one of my favorite Montreal brew pubs. And uh, Zach was like, do you know, look, and I was like, no, no. And uh, that's that's how I met you. And we've been in communication through through the Internet since then. That's it. So uh, I wanted to meet up with you and have a beer with you and have a chat with you because I'm very interested in all things hops, of course. And you are the the man to come to for that. So first off, how are you? How are you dealing with uh, social isolation right before we started recording this? You were mentioning how you are so used to being on the road normally. Uh, how are you handling staying home? Ah, that's okay. We're, we're surviving. Uh, I'm the Canadian office. So I'm the only Canadian employee based in Canada. So the office is in my basement. So I'm used to work in my basement, but usually I'm going in and out, you know, on the road, uh, going to meet people, see people everywhere from Manitoba to Newfoundland. And uh, sometimes, but lots of times throughout the year, I'm in the U.S. also for uh, um, like CBC, uh, uh, craft beer conferences. I'm going to selections in Yakima. So I'm traveling a lot. And now for the sixth week now, six or seven, I'm in my basement and I'm working with my customer from far away. And I'm trying to deal with my kids and uh, all of that and we're trying to school them my wife is amazing she's taking care of them a lot she's working also so yeah it's pretty crazy hectic but uh, we're surviving that's good that's good to hear that's good to hear it is very very hard to manage all of this with kids on top of it yeah it's it's uh, hats off to everyone out there that's home homeschooling first off uh, working from home and being an active, uh, involved, caring parent. I find myself loving my children more when they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I got two, two boys and they're pretty, pretty good. They're good, good boys. So we're, we're lucky. But uh, yeah, I can imagine having like lots of kids or being stuck for a while with crazy kids. But mine, mine are okay. So I'm pre- pretty happy with it. Let's touch on exactly what Yakima Chief Hops does. I am aware of it. Yeah. Um, I first, I guess it's when I met you, I started to follow you on social media. Mm-hmm. And then I started to look deeper into what Yakima Chiefs hops were. When I first heard Yakima, first thing that came to my mind was the Yakima IPA from Le Castal. That's it. Which was the craft beer that changed everything for me here. It's the one that really pushed me into only wanting to drink craft beer. I was already going down that road, but that's the one that really 
totally that. So what is a Yakima hops? What is the Yakima Chief hops all about? Yakima Chief Hops uh, is a grower-owned company. So we're the only grower-owned company in the U.S. Uh, biggest hop supplier, biggest hop company in the U.S. right now. We've been there for 30, 33 years this year. Uh, so it's 15 farms that owns a company. It's not a co-op. So, but it's uh, we're trying to we're working with our 15 growers and we're buying hops from around 40, 45 other farms. And we're distributing all over the U.S. and all over the world. We have got an office in Belgium, an office in Hong Kong. Uh, you're speaking for with for with the Canadian office right now. We don't have a warehouse in Canada, but maybe one day. And but uh, all the hops are coming from the Yakima Valley. Yakima Valley is based in Washington, Washington State. So it's two hours east, two hours and a half east from Seattle, and maybe three hours up north. Portland, Oregon. So it's right in between. And the vast majority, maybe 80 or 85% of all the hop harvest are the hops in the U.S. are coming from the Yakima Valley and around. Wow. So, yeah, so it's a pretty big thing. We're a pretty big thing in a small industry, but uh, we're supplying, uh, you know, lots of brewers since all the IP craziness from the last year and everything. So we're we're a 33 years old company, but we're doing like great things. Absolutely, and I, and I got I have to say every brewery that I've been to. Uh, sometimes I receive boxes from breweries, and a lot of times people are sending me beers packed in Yakima Chief boxes. Now that's a good, <laughs> so that's ev- a good ev- sign. <laughs> everyone is using your hops, and I I think that's just absolutely amazing. Uh, why? What is it about that region of the states, about Washington? What is it about that climate? Why do hops grow so well there? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of desertic, so it's it's in the desert, and the nights are pre- uh, during the summer. The nights are pretty pretty cold, and the days are pretty pretty hot. And uh, it's all the region is all irrigated by the uh, the mountains around Seattle, like Mount Rainier and everything. So they can control the the water uh, flow to grow hops, and the sun is really really important throughout the day. So that's why the temperatures are really really nice uh, to to grow grow hops, and they can control also the irrigation and the temp- the, the the water coming in. So that's why it's a, it's a really nice region. And uh, a, a funny fact, uh, there's a lot of uh, you know the the hop harvest or the hop growers moved there uh, around the 1850s, 1860s. And there's a lot of people from Quebec that moved there. So there's a lot of growers named uh, Charon and uh, Desmarais and lots of French names. They're all, all their ancestors are coming from Quebec, but they don't speak French anymore. <laughs> that uh, you, so you, there's a, there's one of the owners of from uh, Yakima Chief. His, his, his name is Sauvé, and uh, lots of people are married with Charon and things like that. So there's a lot of French name, but it's all people that like immigrated there uh, in the uh, beginning of the 19th century or 20th century. Yeah. Wow, that's super interesting. Uh, how much hops does one farm put out? I, I've seen the videos of what you guys put out. It is enormous. Yeah, it's, it, de- it depends. There's lots of big, smaller farms. Uh, we're, de- we're 
selling at around 60, 60 million pounds of hops per year uh, right now. So it's a lot. Especially with this crazy IPA <laughs> phase it. going on. Yeah, so the, the amount of hops in, in every beer like increases a lot since like the last 10 years. If you remember, like you, you talked about the uh, Le Castor, Yakima, uh, it's a gateway beer for a lot of people. And they were using like lots of hops back back then, but now the the amounts are like the double, maybe the triple that were used like eight or nine years ago when when that beer was created. So the 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 market changed a lot, and it's good good for me and good for Yakima Chief also. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and it's 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 good for me because I just I love these hazy hoppy brews. It's just absolutely delicious. Uh, with that being said. What are you drinking on your side? I know what you're drinking. I tried to find these, but I couldn't find them. So tell me what you're drinking. Let's talk about these beers. So I'm drinking a beer that we made, uh, not we made, but La Gabière made. La Gabière in Saint-Jean-sur-le-Richelieu. Great brewery. Uh, good customers of ours. And uh, we did a collaborative beer with them called Combat des Chiefs. So they did two separate beers. Uh, one and one experimental hop in each beer. And they use, they also use in each beer a new blend called Bio Tea. It's a cryo blend. Cryo hops is one of our proprietary brands. And, um, it's, uh, it's a new experimental blend also. So they, they use uh, Bio Tea, the cryo blend in both beer and in each beer they use a different experimental hop. So they, they made a blue beer and a red beer. And it, they called they called it Combat des Chief, and you can like go on their website and vote for your favorite one. That's cool. That's a yeah. That's a that's a that's a good concept. I, I really love it, and the beers the beers are really really good, really strong. So, I'm mean, I'm pretty happy with the with the collab. It just came came out. It's not even distributed everywhere yet. I think you you try to find some, and you didn't have the chance to to find them, but it's coming. So no worries. And they're, they're already brewing the second batch. So they're going to brew at least three or four different batches. So it should be uh, available everywhere in Quebec. Yeah. Shout out to La Gabière for doing very cool things last year. They just wrapped up their Balada Rado series, which was very interesting, a different uh, experimental brew every month for 12 months. And uh, each part of the can art led up to a giant uh, mural or collage of pictures it was yeah. really really cool and it was uh probably stressful and annoying for the brewers to keep coming up with these ideas and just putting it out there and not being completely satisfied with them but <laughs> it was it was it was still super super fun for me as a client and they have been just uh, nailing a lot of their products recently so i'm stoked to try this one i really like their ukulele ipa that they put out this year so. yeah it was made for with two uh, different experimental hop also so they're using lots of new stuff they're trying lots of new brands um, and, uh, yeah, and they're moving their, in their new facility, maybe at the end of the year or beginning of next year in, in Saint-Jean. So it's going to be bigger and better, and we're going to have lots of new beers coming from them. So it's, so it's, uh, it's really exciting. Awesome. Everything that you've just said, I spawned so many questions, but I just want to touch on what I'm drinking. I am drinking Katana. It is a double dry hop Sabro with ginger beer. This comes from a Broadway Mikrobara City. Uh, I like Broadway. I like what they're doing. Uh, this clocks in at a nice 7% for the afternoon. I am in love with Sabro Hops. 
it's it's my hop at the moment it was mosaic two years ago now it's sabra with that coconutty flowery finish i i absolutely love it this is a uh, really nice the, the ginger is uh, smooth not too too overpowering like a lot of some gingers and some beers and uh, it's really good so cheers thank you for coming on vox and hops and cheers to you thanks for having me Let's see. Uh, uh, just breaking down some stuff. You, we mentioned proprietary hops. So talk, talk me through that. What what yeah. what is that, and how did that come about? So there's a big there's a company called Hop Breeding Company in the U.S. and it's own. It's a weird thing. It's owned fifty percent by Bart Haas and fifty percent by Yakima Chief Hops. And in real life, we're competitors. But it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a weird thing because there was lots of fights uh, during the maybe nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety two about like hub brands, and you know lawyer thing or judge thing. They decided you have to be in a company to breed together. So we're breeding hops together, but when it's time to to sell them, we're competing. <laughs> so that's a weird thing. So are, we they got, based, are they based out of the Yakima Valley as well? Uh, a hub breeding company is based in the Yakima Valley also. Yeah, and Bartas okay. have a big facility in Yakima. We have a big facility in Yakima. Crazy. And our hub branch, our breeding branch is called Yakima Chief Ranches. And we're breeding our own things also. So we're breeding on our side, like brands, like Simcoe, it's only Yakima Chief that owns the brand. Really? But there's... Lots of brands that you already know, like Citra, Mosaic, uh, Sabro, uh, all those of those brands are owned by hub breeding companies. So Bartas and Yakima Chief are selling them on their own. Got it. Yeah. So this is this is the thing. What would be like a real original hops? You said that the people started in Yakima. Back in the 1890s, what hop was growing there? What what is like the original hop, or is there? Oh, I I don't even know. I think I'm not sure about this. Great question. Uh, I'm gonna have to get back to you. But uh, it changed so much since I, I'm pretty sure it was uh, like wild wild stuff or wild hops because it changed a lot and the profile changed a lot. Like until 2010. Uh, lots of hops were uh, like raised or grown for their alpha content. So it was bittering hops that were like the 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 old thing. And for the last ten years, it changed for aroma hops. So it changed a lot. So back then, I don't even know. I have to check, but I I don't even know what what was the original or hops back then. But it changed a lot since then, even even from 1970s throughout now. Uh, it's changing like every two or three years. Uh, five years ago, people were getting were still getting crazy about Centennial and Cascade and Chinook, and now it's all about Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe, Equinut, Sabro, Idaho Seven. There's plenty of great aroma hops. And now Citra, uh, Cascade was the, the most grown hop in the U.S. Uh, until last year. And now it's Citra that, uh, that, that's number one. So it's, it's changing a lot. And, uh, but it's a great question. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How to. That's good. No, no. No, it's, it's very interesting that uh, 
and it's interesting because basically when when you're breeding these hops together are is it basically like uh, sort of like gmo genetically modifying the plants? no they're th- yeah they're breeding uh you know they're crossing uh the the, the it's not gmo it's it, they're they're trying to to take the rootstock and they're breeding with like other stuff and it it's it's bringing you know they're trying like maybe f- Four thousand, uh, four, uh, four, uh, forty thousand, uh, fifty thousand, like different things per year, and you'll maybe have two or three new brands that's maybe potential to come in in like ten years because when you first do the breeding and until it's like commercialized, it's a ten-year period because because you have to do tests you have to do you have to be sure that it's going to be viroid resistant the hops going to be good uh, uh, the yields are going to be are going to be good it's going to be good for the farmer uh, so there's plenty of things that you have to to be sure and at the end of the old process you have to put those hops in the ends of the brewer so they can try it and make beers with it so it's a long process uh, and, uh, we're, we're trying, but there's, there's more error than like good stuff coming, coming out. Hence where all these experimental hops that brewers are now playing with, it must be exciting for them. So it's like they have something, they don't even know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. Because like maybe three or four years ago, people were brewing with, with Sabro before it was named Sabro. Oh yeah. Oh, and cool. so HBCs are... Uh, numbered, and usually when they are coming in the mar- after they're they're being named, they're coming in the market with with a name. So Citra had a HBC number before Sabro, same thing. So it's so it's exciting because they're getting those hops, and when they're when we're putting HBC numbers uh, in the market, like Lagabia, like, what they did, they used in beer, in one beer they used. Uh, the beer that I'm drinking right now, Combat de Chief, I'm drinking uh, the red one, and they use HBC 472 inside. And HBC 472 is approach is a, uh, like a close uh, parent of Sabro. Okay. So it have been bred with the same like rootstock as Sabro with another twist. So th- you, you you can find a coconut that you're uh, finding in Sabro. But there's also vanilla, and uh, and there's also a weird woody character, like kind of a barrel aged thing that you don't find in any other hop. It's really really weird. It's really out there, but it's it's a fun hop to play with. So this is HBC four seventy two, and the other one, the blue one that they made, that I'm gonna drink right after, it's six ninety two, and this one is more uh, fruity, tropical, uh, maybe uh, grapefruit. Yeah, that's it. So grapefruit and uh, a few other uh, a few other things. And usually, when we're putting those no, those HBC hops in the hands of brewer, it's because they got the potential to be named like Citra, Mosaic, Sabro, and all and all those things. So they're they're at the end of the ten year process. How secretive is the whole crossbreeding? Is it something that you guys don't talk about? Some breweries are very open with just I'm just paralleling with beers being made that they don't mind putting their recipes out there so that home brewers can try to do it. How secretive are you guys about these actual crossbreeding and uh, creating these hops? We're not 
you know, you can visit the facilities in Yakima. Uh, we're not hiding like lots of things. Uh, we're, you know, it's a, we have to uh, to do the patent uh, thing. So we have to, so it's usually protected. And uh, where we're, when we're putting them in the, the, the hands of brewer, brewers, we, we want to give them as much information as possible about the alpha acid uh, content and what's in it and what they can do with it. So we're pretty transparent with the old process. We, we want them to, uh, to, to get great results. So we're trying to, to give them as much information as possible about those hops. You also mentioned before that uh, you guys have a patented uh, cryo. What, what is that? Talk us through that. Yeah. So cryo hops. So the regular up pelleted is called T90. So there's a, it's a mix of, you know, lupulin. Uh, that's, that's what made the, 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 the hops really, really interesting. So when you're, so it's all the alpha acid is coming from the lupulin and, and everything, all the aromas. But when you're, we're pelletizing everything, we're pelletizing lots of, you know, uh, vegetal material. So there's there's vegetal material and there's also the lupulin gland and we're putting it in pellets and it's, you know, all the brewers putting putting this in, in their beers. The cryo process is we're taking the, uh, you know, the hop cone or the hop flower and we're uh, freezing them at like really high temperatures and we're re removing all the vegetal material. So it's only the lupulin glands that's being pelletized. Cool. So instead of getting citra, I don't know, at like 12% alpha, you're going to get like, when you're using cryo hops, you're going to get like citra at maybe 18 or 19% alpha. So you're using like half of the regular T90 pellet. So at the end of the process, you're getting like more, your yield is better and you're getting more final product because when you're putting hops, in the kettle or in the boil or dry hopping with, with, with regular hops, they're soaking a lot of, of water and lots of beer. So you're losing uh, lots of beer at the end. But if you're using half of the hops to get, it for, to, to get the same result, you're getting more final product. So that's why you're, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really nice product. And it was not really available uh, in Canada before. Uh, I came in two years ago, and now there's plenty of brewers uh, that that's using it, and they're getting like amazing results. So you, you you cannot imagine how many beers that you're drinking right now and you're loving are using trio hops, and because they're not put, putting it on the can or something. But there's a lot of breweries in Quebec that are using them right now and uh, obtaining like amazing results. Yeah, I think the first time I remember reading it on a can was from Four Origins. Yeah, they're hopiration. Okay, yeah, and yeah, they're uh, they're they're using they're using our hops also. Cool, cool. Shout out to Mike. There's there's yeah, good people, and they're using and there's plenty of breweries uh, around like La Gabière using Cryo and lots of their uh, of and in, in their brands. Boreal also using uh, Cryo hops. There's uh, Noctem in Quebec City. Uh, there's plen plenty of uh, those breweries that are using uh, cryo in, uh, on a regular basis and obtaining like amazing results. Uh, let's switch gears and dance into metal because I know you're a metalhead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's touch on uh, when did you first find metal? What what was the first metal band that really spoke to you? Oh man, uh, I, 
came out of the closet in like 89. I'm born in 75. So it's, it was pretty late for me. I was like 15, 14, 15 years old. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, at, uh, f- you know, when I was younger, I was listening to a lot of, I was listening to Dismiss, The Cure, uh, all those bands. I was more of an alternative uh, kind of guy. And I was, you know, all the potheads at my, at my school, I, I'm, I'm coming from Shikorimi and the, all the potheads were wearing like Metallica and Iron Maiden shirts. And I was not really interested in that. And I was a big, I was a big prog fan also. And I was really into Pink Floyd uh, at that time. And uh, I remember uh, watching um, Solid Rock uh, with, uh, at Music Plus a long time ago with uh, Paul Sarrazin and um, Voivod came in uh, with uh, Astronomy uh, Domain. Uh, it's a Pink Floyd cover and I was like, oh my God, this is pretty good. And they're from Jean-Pierre. They're from like 15 minutes away from my, my hometown. So I knew the guys. I'm, I was not really into metal and I, I've watched that song and I really I was in love with Pink Floyd and I said okay they're doing an amazing jump and right after uh one from Metallica came came on and I watched the old video and said okay and this is where my life changed I'm not I was not you know lots of my friends were you know because Metallica played played in Shikurumi and Iron Maiden played in Shikurumi also live there was there was a scene in Shikurumi back in the day, and I wanted to touch on that after. Yeah, so they they played they played in Shikurumi. Uh, Iron Maiden play uh, played in Shikurumi, and uh, Metallica came for Master of Puppets and uh, and Justice for All tour. And I was I jump in I jump on the train like maybe one year one year after. So this is where my life changed. I'm still a fan of like more alternative music, but since then I've. I jump in in the uh, I jump on the metal train like a lot. <laughs> there was a crazy scene in Shikurumi, and a lot of people don't know this or remember this. That there would be Canadian tours that would happen, and you would have like Toronto, Montreal, Quebec City, Shikutsimi, <laughs> and Sherbrooke. Yeah, you know they, it's they, crazy. No, I know, I know, and uh, there's still lot of lots of metalhead in 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 Saguenay and Shikurumi and Jonquière. And it's all of big, it's it's all because of like Voivod and all those bands that that came out the, the that came out the the region. Uh, you know, Quebec is really known because of prog rock. You know, they they put like Genesis on on the map in the seventies in in North America. The first place that Genesis uh, had like success was Quebec City. Really? And, so I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Marillion, same thing, and all those bands. Prog, the prog rock scene was really, really strong in uh, in Quebec City. But you have to go through the Parc des Laurentides to find some like really great metal heads, and it's it's all from <laughs> <laughs> they are all coming from like Chicoutimi and Jonquière and all those places. I know that Terence from Suffocation still talks about those shows. <laughs> no, and, they're pretty, pretty good. And uh, Sebastien Carato from Necrotic Mutation yeah. had that whole scene going in the early 90s. So a uh, shout out to, to Sebastien. 
and all of the extreme circle pitters from back in the day. It's too bad that that scene has died out, sadly. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pissed about it. And that's why in 96, right after the uh, Saguenay uh, flood, uh, one one week after I I left Chicoutimi, it was already planned, and I came in and I came in Montreal just to, you know, to study, but to see shows and to have fun and to to be exposed to live music, and that's that was the f- that's why I I moved uh, from from Saguenay to to Montreal. I I I miss my family, my family still living there and everything, but uh, yeah, I, I needed some more live music and more. More music in my life, so that's why I moved to Montreal. We all need more music in our life right now, sadly. Oh man, <laughs> talk to me about it. tonight. Tonight I was I'm supposed to be in Quebec City to see Tool, uh, uh, and I'm yeah. and I'm and I and I got the Facebook uh, like notification this morning. Tonight Tool uh, in Quebec City, and it's not happening. But yeah. But I, I, I think you saw them last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I saw them in the, in New Jersey last year in November. I was there with uh, one of my good friends, uh, Yannick Tremblay. Is also uh, is also a writer. He's listening to a lot of metal. Is uh, working with uh, the guys at Boulevard Brutal right now. So we traveled there, uh, drink drink a lot of beers, visiting breweries, and went to see Tool right after. And I was going to see them like yesterday in Montreal. Tonight in Quebec City, and in like three weeks, I uh, was supposed to be in, in uh, the Canadian Brewers Award in Victoria, BC, and they were playing in Vancouver the night after, and I had my tickets also. But it's all down the drain, so we'll see what happens, but yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not easy right now. Uh, let's touch on, uh, you're wearing a True shirt. I love True. I've only actually had, I think, a four-pack of beers brought in with me, uh, Alex from... In Colorado, and I actually interviewed Dave Otero, uh, the producer, and that's the one time I had a true beer. So uh, tell me about other, out of all your travels and all your connections due to Yakima Chief Hops, who are the me- the most metal breweries out there or the most uh, with myth metal brewers out there that I should know about? True is the, the one and only that I can think of. They're the most metal place. And the fun thing it's they're not you know they're they're metal people so you're going there it's like a pretty small bar in denver i was there like one year ago uh for uh, uh the craft beer conference craft beer conference was in denver last year same like beginning of of uh, of april of yeah so one year ago and it's a, it's a really small bar extreme music is playing uh, like really loud, death metal, uh, all kind of stuff. So you're not, when I was, I was there like for like three nights out of four, because I'm, I was bringing customers there to have fun and drink and drink beer. And I, I don't recall hearing like a commercial metal tune. Like I don't even recall hearing like Black Sabbath or Mastodon or Cryptopsy. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't hurt, like it was all stuff that I knew of. And sometimes I was taking my Shazam just to see what was playing. And I, the place was crazy. But the, the most amazing thing about this place is the beer. You know, they're brewing 
amazing barrel-aged stuff, saison, sour beers. So it's not it's not the beer... When you're thinking of metalheads, usually you're thinking about PBR or Coors Light or Bud Light or Canadian, you know, their sponsor, Heavy Montreal and things like that. So you, when you're picturing a metalhead, they're always having like a lager or a blonde beer. But that place was the Nirvana because they're... They got all, so many like great beers, dark stuff. Uh, like I said, sour beer says also there's there's a beer for everyone, and but the place is like unique, unique. There's no metal, there's no metal uh, other metal bars that I can take think of be, be, besides through brewing. But maybe it's a, a it's a scoop for you. There's one coming in Montreal. Really. Yeah, there's a metal team bar coming in Montreal in uh, a beer bar uh, in Hochelaga Maisonneuve. Really? How- Some t- yeah, I heard about this. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they got their permit. Okay, you'll tell me about this after we stop recording because I have to find these people. <laughs> yeah, but it's <laughs> supposed to happen in, in uh, Hochelaga Maisonneuve. Uh, if it's not this year, it's going to be the next, but, uh, they, they were pretty far in their like permit and like place and things. But I, I, I think they already got their space in Amazon. So it's happening. I'm very interested. Uh, there is Le Fermentar from L'Assomption that I know yeah, very well. Good, pe- good people. Excellent people. And they are very metal. I, uh, Jeff and Patrick. Yes. Yeah, they're good. They're they're fun. They're fun guys. Uh, I had the chance to meet them at the uh, MBQ Association des, des Microbrasseurs du Québec uh, for the last two years, uh, and we're always having fun. And they're using our hops also. So yeah, and uh, and I'm a pretty big fan of their beers, and uh, they're they're really good people. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I I really hope that this COVID thing is like because it's it's. The, the current situation, it's, it's, it's hitting like small places like, like them, you know, because when you're, you look at La Gabière and Boreal and all those places, they're putting their beers in cans, they're distributing everywhere. And it's not really, it, it, it's hitting them, but it's not, you know, keg, they're not putting their beer in kegs. They're putting their beer mainly in cans and in bottles. But if you look at small places like, Le Fermentor, I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about, I don't know, Opéra and Jonquière and all those small places. Um, they're, they're doing great stuff, but their hands are tied right now because they, they cannot do anything. So that's why laws have to change in, in Quebec. So those guys can be able to put their stuff in cans and also ship their beers to customers like yes it's it's such an archaic system it is absolutely ridiculous and a shout out to Brasserie du Canada who have been very vocal about this yeah. they even made a new beer that is coming out either today or later this week where on the whole can is a big manifest uh, the can art is a manifest of why they should be able to ship to uh, people's homes which is what's happening in Ontario and their craft beer scene is doing probably very well in comparison to these small breweries here in Quebec. Uh, Le Fermentar has started bottling their brews. I don't know if they've started getting them out to 
points of sale yet. And it really sucks because right before I, I have a warm spot for Le Fermatar because Jeff grew up in St. Marth. I'm from Two Mountains. Uh, Patrick was the, the third episode of Vox and Hops. They made the first Vox and Hops collaborative brew. I love going there. It's so much fun. It's always a mistake when I go there because I get way too drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) They're great. They're great. But uh, it's it's it'd be a they they just started releasing kegs in like at Vice Versa here in Montreal, which is one of the premier tap rooms. So Mm -hmm. right before COVID, they had a keg out there, and they were really starting to get their name on the map. So. I hope that they keep treading water and that they can get through this garbage and the Quebec government should give small breweries, small businesses a break and and get rid of this archaic law of not being able to distribute directly to your customer. It's so stupid and it's something that should still be in a place afterwards. You sh- we should be able to just order beer from a brewery that we like. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a law that's been like back since the prohibition or something. So it's it's outdated and it, uh, it's time for, for, for it to change. Props to Marc-André and Gabriel from uh, Brasserie Le Bas Canada for the new beer. Uh, I read the manifest and uh, they're good customers of ours. And uh, I wish them luck and I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, they're doing good things. And they're also uh, building their new brewery also. So they're going to be bigger and bigger. And uh, that's that's those guys deserve... Uh, recognition and uh, they're pretty vocal and I hope it's it's going to work and it's going to open some doors for all the small breweries like like Fermatau and things like that. They they deserve to to take care of their own destiny and ship their product when they, where they want to, to ship it. I hope this new uh, brewery that they're opening up means that I can get more of their beers. Yeah. It's so hard to get their beers sometimes. <laughs> they go for sale. It's, it's not as hard as a Masorum, of course. But but uh, I'd like to just have a fridge full of Bacanada that I can select from. I'd be happy with that. That would be fun. I got I got good contacts. Like I said, I'm their uh, uh, like their hop supplier. So, but uh, it's hard. It's hard to get. It's hard to get, and all of their beers are amazing. And uh, it it would be it would be fun to be able to order like for all those places that are not around Montreal. And we have problems to get, like, I would love to order Oval, and I would love to order, I don't know, Le Naufrageur, they're far away, and they they got plenty of stuff. I would love to order, like, Saint-Pancras, or Le Prospecteur from Val d'Or, or there's plenty of amazing breweries all throughout Quebec and Eastern Canada. And, uh, but for now, we need to change those laws as soon as possible. Absolutely. One last question. Um, what is your hangover cure? Oh man. Um, my hangover cure, I'm doing lots of biking, like bike rides. Uh, right now I'm biking in my basement. I got like a stationary bike, stationary bike, not a stationary bike. It's my road bike, but on a roller. Oh, cool. And I'm training with a program called uh, Zwift on the TV. So I'm competing with people all around the world. We can be like the 30,000 people at the same time on the program and like climbing ales or doing like, like a good sweat is the best way to cure hangover. And lots of water. First person to have said that. And I absolutely agree. I force myself to work out every day. You got to fight the hops. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm finding I'm fighting them every every day. <laughs> same, same here, same here. And people always ask me how I do it. It's, it's, it's that. It's, it's not complaining. And you're getting on the bike, and I'm lifting some weights and doing some cardio in my living room, or I'm getting outside with the kids. That's Look, it. Because you know, I'm my job is to I'm working in beer, so I'm drinking beer, and I'm trying to. And I, 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 I because I'm on the hunt tap also, and I'm not, not using using it to rate beers i'm using it to keep track of how many beers i'm drinking okay and i'm drinking an average like four to five beers a day really wow so the biking the biking works <laughs> that's it so i and since i'm since i'm here I, i'm drinking more because i'm home and i have to sample all those beers and uh, I, I you know i'm getting out there and i'm buying like my customer beer so i want to encourage them and everything so i'm drinking a bit more but i didn't gain like one pound or one kilo because i'm biking like crazy i'm biking like one hour one hour and a half per day losing lots of calories but on the same on the other side i'm drinking amazing beers and it's my job to do it so i have to sacrifice myself that's right luke, luke you have a you have a very hard job <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I love to. I love to think that I got the the best job in the the beer industry because I'm traveling, uh, visiting breweries. I'm getting paid to do it. Uh, drinking lots of different beers, and you know my my hobby was to visit breweries before, <laughs> and now I'm getting paid to do it. So it's best of both worlds. Absolutely. If anyone should have a podcast, you should. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I would love to do something about beer and 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 music. But it's uh, I I know a guy that's already doing it, so I'm not going to uh, steal the place. <laughs> uh, you can be my 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 man on the field. Um, I'm I'm more than open to do it. <laughs> Luke, thank you so much. Hey, no problem. Me. Thanks to you. Uh, I really enjoyed my chat. I'm looking forward to sharing a beer with you in real life, and that will happen very soon, hopefully. Cheers. Yeah, man. Cheers to you. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Such a great chat with Luke. He's so much fun. I love metalheads. I love craft beer, obviously. I, I think it's super interesting to get to in the behind the scenes of where beer comes from, uh, where these products that I love so much are created, how they're created, what goes into it. I loved diving deeper into this. I love hops, obviously. So uh, this was a no-brainer, and Luke is an amazing human, and I hit it off with him immediately, and I really, really enjoyed this chat. So I'm stoked till uh, we can get together and have a brew together. For real, Luke, it's always a pleasure. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. I have one more episode coming at you this week, and it's dropping on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. Hey, you. Did you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman... 
And my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.